Hi there and welcome along to the biggest bra in world football. That's right, it's on the whistle time. The podcast that brings you all your African news, views and interviews. I'm your host, Dane Navi, and today we have the editor of kingfoot.com, Ahmed Youssef, alongside me for the show. And we're so excited. We have a very special guest sitting around the bride with us today. Joining us on the pod is the Minister of Defence, the man born in England, but with the heart of a Zimbabwean warrior. Let's give it up for Nottingham's very own Tendai Darikwa. Tendai, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. You know what? We love being around the Braai. We love sitting here to discuss African football. And for us to have a Zimbabwean who's going back to try rebuild the team and get them back to their glory days is absolutely a pleasure for us. Um, I've got loads of questions, not just from myself, but from fans out there who'd like to ask you a few things. But you know what? I'm going to be unselfish today. I'm going to give the ball to my striking partner, Ahmed Youssef. Let's see if you can tackle his questions, Tendai. <laughs> Hi, Tendai. So thanks very much for coming on to the show. I think one thing I kind of want to start off by saying, obviously, you grew up in Nottingham um, and you know, part of that Zimbabwean diaspora. And so for us, we want to know how strong is your connection really to Zimbabwe and, and how did you develop that for your family um, and then eventually into to the national team? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very strong. Um, I've, I've always had strong ties from a very young age, um, born in Nottingham to an English mother, but a Zimbabwean father. And playing for Zimbabwe was something that I, I always wanted to do from a very young age. My dad always used to tell me stories about football back home. He, he's a big Dynamo's fan. Um, so he used to tell me stories about the football back home. And that was something that always intrigued me about the football back home. So as soon as I got the opportunity to, to come and play for the country, it was something that, that I really wanted to do. And um, I'm grateful for the country for giving me the opportunity to, to come back home and, and play for them. And, and growing up, kind of, was your dad you know, showing you that culture? He showed you the football, and, but was he showing you some Bulgarian culture? And is that kind of something you were familiar with at a young age? Yeah, everything. Um, of course, there's two very contrast from uh, different contrasts from uh, Europe to, to Africa, you know, but it was something that I took a keen interest in. And um, like I said, as soon as I had the opportunity to travel to Zimbabwe, and um, I've got a lot of family over there as well still, so I had the job the opportunity to, to see family that I'd never met before and play a different type of football and, and see a country where, of course, I wasn't born, but I've got a strong connection with uh, for, for a lot of family members. It was um, important for me as a person to, to, to go and see the country as well. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's very good. And I guess, so growing up, do you know of any Zimbabwean players? Do you have any heroes? We, we spoke a couple of uh, podcasts ago to Bruce Grobler, the Liverpool goalkeeper, and um, I guess, do you, was he one of them or was there anyone else that you might have spoke, that you might have looked up to? Yeah, so obviously growing up on this side, um, I got I got to see a little bit of Bruce, but he was just probably just before my era. Um, I'm not that old yet. Peter Rundle was probably the first one where he, he obviously did really well in the Premier League and in England. And he's probably the first one where I really took notice um, of a Zimbabwean footballer outside of the country. Um, ben Jani as well, he was the next one. He, he had a good career in England. And um, these were guys that, of course, I uh, looked up to them, um, playing for the national team as well. So it, it was important to have guys who had come from Zim into England and, and done well in the league as well. Well, you know, Tendai, we did say we had a couple of fan questions out there. Um, I'm going to bring in Big Wiz from Atlanta in the United States. He has two questions for you, so uh, I'm going to play you the first of those right now. Okay, cool. 
This is Big West. I'm an American Nottingham Forest supporter. While living and playing in the UK, how do you stay connected to Zimbabwe? And most importantly, how do you stay connected to Zimbabwe food? Good question. Um, no, so of course, obviously, I always kept a close eye on, on things that were going back home. Uh, before I joined up the national team, I always kept an eye on the results across the internet. And if I could stream stream games, then I did that as well. Um, Food-wise, um, luckily my dad can cook, um, so he, he also used to cook as many dishes from a very young age. Um, so I did grow up uh, eating Zimbabwean food. So um, I was lucky in that respect that he actually left home and could cook. So we, we, we was always eating uh, Zimbabwean food. So brother Ahmed is from up north, and he he doesn't have you know Egypt's lovely, but it ain't got nothing on southern Africa, right? So. What was some of the food for those out there who might not know uh, what type of cuisine? What type of cuisine did your dad make for you? What what type of food was it? Um, it used to loads of different dishes. You know, um, a lot of meat dishes, um, sadza with meat. Um, sadza is like a, a a wheat which you uh you can cook. Um, but there's there's so many different so many different dishes that we used to eat. Uh, they're all nice. So if you can try some uh, in your spare time, then uh, that'd be good as well. Absolutely. And being from Southern Africa, I know you must love a bribe because there's nothing like a naked flame, flame with lots of meat just like stacked everywhere. Yes. For the vegetarians, we do chicken. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, Big Wiz actually uh, had a second question. So um, I'm going to let him come in again with, with the second one. Stand by. I read that in 2012, there was talk of you playing for Manchester United but you felt you're not ready for that level yet. Can you tell me more about how you were feeling then and how you have matured now? Another good question. Yeah, so um, there was a little bit of interest from uh, Manchester United um, many years back. Uh, I've come a long way since then, but it was uh, something at a stage of my career where I'd really just broke into the first team uh, at Chesterfield. I didn't really have many senior appearances to my name, so... For me, it was more about just finding my feet in professional football before I wanted to start thinking about those heights. I just wanted to sort of um, build my own profile and, and, and find my own way in the game. And um, I've, I've, I think I've done quite well in my career up to now, but there's, there's still a lot more that I'm, I'm uh, ready to give. Brilliant. And thanks again, Big Wiz, to, for, for those questions. And for those of you listening to the podcast out there, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to suggest um, guests, if you want to ask questions to the people we have on, Hit us up. You can find us easily. OTW underscore podcast. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. We're also on YouTube. Just search for On The Whistle Podcast. It says what it does on the tin. Now, Tendai, I'm going to take the ball back because I have a question for you. Um, your recruitment to the Warriors is really interesting um, because you were part of a wave of Zimbabwean heritage Um who were actively recruited to come back and play for the national team. Tell us about how that came about and um, how um, how you came to represent uh, the Warriors. Yeah, so uh, I got in contact with a guy called Marshall Gore. I think you guys know who he is. Um, he contacted myself and a few other British-based players um, about joining up with the national team. Um, of course, we had to go through through the whole process of the paperwork and, 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 and the right documents to, to, to finally secure the Zimbabwean passport. Um, this was something that I wanted to do many years ago, but back then Zifa wasn't 
in the greatest of hands, uh, there was a few a few corrupt people in charge back then. Uh, so nothing came of it uh, when I was probably about 18, 10 years ago now. So um, now I'm finally there. Um, it's been good. It's been good. Obviously, I played in some big games and um, the, the guys have really welcomed me coming from this side of the world. And um, I feel more Zimbabwe more than ever now. I finally secured my passport and that now I play for the Warriors. Uh, it's official. Yeah, and, and and so fast forward now. Obviously, you you joined the team in twenty seventeen and uh, and number of games for them. Um, I want to take you back to last year actually in Egypt. Um, and so kind of the African nations. Um, and and kind of what was that like? So you know, what was that it's like being there? Um, and and eventually, I think yeah, you played. Well, you played Egypt and. Uh, and, and what was it like playing the hosts? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I think um, to qualify for the tournament was a a big thing for the country. Uh, the country have obviously been through some tough times in re- in recent years. So just to bring the whole the whole nation together uh, as a football team was was so important for not just us but the the rest of the nation as well. We gave them some hope, and hopefully we did, we went there and did them proud. Um, but Following on to your question about getting to Egypt, it was a great experience. The Egyptian people really welcomed us and, and, and took us in really well uh, and managed to play the opening game against the host, which was, of course, a, a fantastic experience in front of 18-95,000 Egyptians. Uh, they were, of course, a, a very good team with some some world-class players. So to play in a game of that magnitude was, was uh, really good for not just myself, but the rest of the team as well. Yeah, and I was I was actually there in the in the stadium, and uh, it was the way that they set up. There was a kind of a game before, and then there was a second game, which was Egypt. So um, I do I remember being there at midday in forty two degree heat with no air conditioning, and it was hot. And I think that was one of the it was the first uh, African Cup of Nations in the summer. Um, and what was it like for you playing? I guess it was in the evening, but the other games a bit earlier on was that was that tough? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough, but. Uh... Of course, it's not. It's not just tough for for myself or for my team. It's the it's the same for, for for every other player there as well. So, of course, it was completely different for me coming from from this side of the world and playing in that kind of heat. But it was something that we just had to do um, do our best with. And like I said, I, 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 we didn't win the game, but I think we uh, showed a good account of ourselves in that game. I thought we could have maybe gone on to to get a draw or even the three points. But you know, this is football, and like I said, Egypt to a great team and the, the beat is on the day. Yeah, you know, going back to that, the first game, I was really impressed by the way that you know Zimbabwe played, and, and as you said, if if anything, it should have been a draw, or even Zimbabwe could have could have nicked those three points looking back at it, because you know, I think played really well, and I don't think Egypt were at their best in that game. Um, having said that, for you as a defender, what was it like coming up against Mo Salah, and, and at that, that point, it was he was at his peak, and he just had that unbelievable season. What what was that like? It was really good. I think going into the game, of course, we knew the threat that the Egyptians had. Um, but to play on the world stage against someone like Mo Salah uh, in his own backyard in the opening game of a, a big tournament like Afcon, it was it, it's a dream come true. Uh, these are the games as footballers you want to play in. Um, of course, he, he he was tough on the night, but like I said, as a footballer, you want to test yourself against the best players in the world, and he, he's certainly one of them. So it, it was a really good experience for myself. The other player as well you came up against was uh, Trezeguet, which 
back then he might have not kind of been a big name for you. He scored the winning goal, but was he someone who was tough to manage? And he's obviously had a, quite a good start to the season with Aston Villa. Yeah, he was a really good player. Um, like you said, I didn't really know. I didn't really know of his profile. Uh, before the tournament, but playing him in the tournament and then seeing what he went on to do at Aston Villa, it's, it hasn't surprised me. Uh, he was really good in that game and I think he's come to Villa and showed his qualities in in the Premier League as well. What What are the long-term goals that for your squad? You know, do you feel that you can push for Qatar 2022? Is that, you know, is that your, your goal at the moment? That's the goal. Um, I think it has to be the goal. I think now a lot more of our players are starting to play in some really big clubs in Europe now, so some really good leagues. So I think the group we've got together now, um, I think Qatar has to be the goal. I think we've got the quality to do it. Um, but of course, we, we have to take each game as it comes, um, keep bonding together when we can and um, just keep doing well for our clubs and hopefully we can uh, do well for the, for, for the nation and hopefully get us to uh, the World Cup. Yeah, and as, as you said there, you kind of... You, that's that's your goal, and I think you've, the Zimbabwe squad to me seems like a, a kind of strong squad. You've got also up front, um, marvelous uh, Nkambo, who's also Aston Villa, great great striker and uh, sorry, great midfielder. So, what was it? What's he like for you? You know, playing alongside him as well. He's a really good player. Um, I knew about marvelous talents um, before he came to to England, of course playing with the national team but he's been in Europe now but apart from apart from Marvellous we've got a few other guys who are doing really good things in Europe um, some guys who are still playing in South Africa and of course we've got some local based players as well so I think it's important that the guys keep keep pushing for more um, keep trying to branch out to, to bigger and better things because like I said at the minute we've got a really good squad of players who are at good ages now and, and I think it's important that, like I said, we, we stay hungry and, and, and want more success together as a group. Now, when it comes to that winning mentality, Tendai, um, it doesn't get any bigger than somebody like, like Bruce Robland. We interviewed him on his podcast and the legendary Liverpool goalkeeper said that he's crying out for a return to Zimbabwean football. And I was just wondering, with somebody of Bruce's experience, of his ability to, to win trophies, he's coached um, in South Africa... Uh, and is currently um, helping coach in, in Norway. Do you think somebody like Bruce could add value to the Zimbabwean national team, be it in a coaching capacity or, or a mentorship role? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer because I don't, I, I don't know Bruce uh, personally, but I think if you look at his experience of what he's done in the game, I think it could only benefit our squad. Um, and our team, I think he's played at the highest level. He's he's won league titles, so I think someone like that, if he could pass on some experiences to to some of the players we have, and and even some of the, the coaching staff or people at Zifa, I think it can only work well for all of us, really. And I did mention that you were recruited um, for the Zimbabwean team um, amongst a group of overseas players. And um, when I was chatting with, uh, with with Marshall Gore earlier. He did mention to me that you are one of the key ambassadors for this. You've come into the team, you've shown great passion, you've performed well for the team. And um, he said to me that somebody who is on Zimbabwe's radar is Arsenal's Reese Nelson. Um, he's played for the English junior teams. Um, are you working behind the scenes to maybe try convince him to, to play for the Warriors? I haven't, no. I think it's um, a very a very personal decision that someone has to make to to, to either switch alliances or, or, or go and represent a certain country. I think 
we all know how capable Rich is as a footballer and the talents he's got. I think he he could only improve us our, our team and our, and our country. So, of course, we'd welcome Reese to, to come and play for the Warriors. Um, we'd love him to come, but I think that's something that he, he needs to decide himself without getting pressured by by people from the outside. Um, like like you said, there he's, he's played for England at youth level. So, if he wants to carry on playing for England, then that that's fine. But if he wanted to to come and play for Zimbabwe, then um, we were welcoming together. How, how have you found going to play for Zimbabwe? What's the welcome been like from fans? Um, I know that you have a famous nickname, the Minister of Defence, that was bestowed by the Zimbabwean fans. Do you want to just tell us about how they've, they've, they've welcomed you? They've been unbelievable. Um, they've really supported me even before I joined up with the national team. But even since I've gone, I, I can sort of see how much love and support they show myself and, and the rest of the players, um, no matter where we are in the world. Um, they're, they're a really passionate group of supporters. And um, like I said, yeah, they've, they've really welcomed me and it's been, it's been nothing but, but love and smiles and hopefully we can keep making them proud in, in, in the games we play. Now, I know your recruitment to play for Zimbabwe has been successful and you've, you've enjoyed it, but it almost didn't result in happening because if I'm correct, and I've spoken to, to Marshall Gore about this and I have read this, at one point you were looking at coming to Zimbabwe, but then there was a football official who tried to get you to pay a processing fee. Do you want to just tell people a little bit about what that was all about and um, how it got resolved in the end? Yeah, it was it was a bit strange to be honest. It was about ten years ago. Uh, I was I was still at Chesterfield at the time, my first club. Um, someone approached me from from Zifa about representing the country, which of course I wanted to do. So um, I thought it would be a, a case of sorting out the documents and the whole process I've recently gone through. Um, but they wanted me to to, to pay a, a, a sum of money to, to to get everything sorted, which we thought was a bit strange um, and. We decided not to do it, um, and I think I think that was the right thing to do. Um, so we just sort of waited, and thankfully now Zifa has um, managed to sort their their own house out, and uh, things are looking a lot better now. Um, so yeah, it was it was obviously disappointing because, in hindsight, who knows how many games I would have played for the country or which tournaments we might have gone to, or you know what I mean. So as a footballer, uh, it's disappointing, but I think uh, as a person, I stay true to myself. Um, without doing the wrong things. I wanted things to, 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 to be right. And uh, back then, it, was, it just wasn't the right thing to do. You've, um, yeah, you've touched on, on how the, the actual football organisations kind of can actually serve players. And it's such a, a strong point and actually has a quite a large effect on the football teams itself. We've seen in Egypt, um, went from winning three African Cup of Nations and then the new regime of the FA being very hot, harsh on Salah and then you know, legal cases, him against players and the FA, and then the performances drop. So the fact that there's now a new organisation within the Zimbabwean Football Association actually will mean that performances are going to get better. So that's a, obviously a great thing. Yeah, hopefully. I think as, as footballers, all we want to do is play, is concentrate and play football. We, we, we don't want to get involved in, in certain politics or, or certain things that are going on behind the scenes. We just want the best care we, we can possibly get. Um, of course, we know that um, finances are limited in the country and we, we all understand that. But I think when it comes to playing football, uh, Zifa needs to continue doing their best to, to give the players the best opportunity to, to win football matches. It's as simple as that. Yeah.
And I know, Tendai, you yourself are committed more than just playing football. You want to leave a legacy in Zimbabwe. Um, if I'm correct, you're looking at starting up uh, a charity, not a charity. You're looking at starting up as a, a coaching academy. Is that what you're looking at, a football academy? Uh, do you want to let us know about how your legacy will live on in Zimbabwe? Yeah, well, this is the plan. Of course, I want to leave something behind for the, the next generation of, of not just footballers, but the next generation of people in Zimbabwe. Um, I want to help in whichever way I can, um, whether that's schooling or, or football. But I think coming from a football background, I sort of know the, the infrastructure that the, the, the children need. So I'm in a, a process now of um, setting up my own uh, organisation of coaches and, and equipment and stuff like that. So hopefully we can um, bring some joy back to the, the uh, youth in Zimbabwe. Um, it's a long process, but it's, it's something that I'm, I'm keen to do and uh, I'll get there uh, in the end. Amazing. And and where would this project be set up? Is it going to be in Harare? Yeah, I think I think the the, the first the first portal call will be Harare, but it's not to say that this foundation will won't get branched out into other areas of Zimbabwe. It's not just about Harare; it's about the whole country. Um, there's different cities, of course, that that, that need help. Um, so the focus just isn't on Harare. Um, I think it's going to be starting there, but then of course from there we we want to expand it and um, bring joy to children all, all across the country. Amazing. And we've obviously spent a lot of time talking about Zimbabwe, but it wouldn't be an interview if we didn't talk forest with you because that's where you are. And we do have a fair few questions from um, a number of fans. So I think we'll use this as a point to, to transition into that. Um, and we have a question from Matt, who's part of the fan-led campaign, Forza Garibaldi. He asked two questions that are related. And the first one is, we have a flag at Forest based on one the Zimbabwean fans call you, as they call you the Minister of Defense. As a footballer, does it help to have fans supporting players with their own banners and songs? And secondly, how much are supporters missed now that they are no longer allowed to attend games because they played behind closed doors? Yeah, to answer the first question, I think it motivates any footballer or I, th I think it motivates any person to, to have support from from a group of people or whoever it is. I think fans are a massive part of, of football. Um, football isn't the same without fans. Uh, of, co of course, we all miss playing in front of supporters because they give us energy when we need it and the Fans are the ones who who create the atmosphere inside the stadium. So, playing in front of in, in front of nobody is just not the same. Um, hopefully, this um, pandemic can can pass um, safely, and then we can all get back to playing in front of supporters. Because uh, just like fans missing coming to football matches, the players miss miss supporters being at games as well. Yeah, and and I guess um, your time at Forest started well, and obviously had that quite severe injury. Um, yeah, so, how are you finding kind of recovery of the injury? Is it Kind of now feeling that you're nearly fully fit, or you're fully fit, or what's yeah. So that's about that. Yeah, um, it was obviously a tough injury to get through. Uh, I was out for a long time, but now I'm 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 hundred percent. I've I've never felt better really in my in my career. I think I've put in that much work over the last twelve to fifteen months um, since the injury. Um, I've done everything right and. I'm I'm fit again and I'm ready to play. This is why I'm joining up the national team. Uh, I feel ready. Uh, so yeah, um, hopefully I can 
continue playing football for, for, for many years to come now this injury is uh, behind me. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's a tough one with injuries. And I guess, speaking of tough, we won't talk about it too much, but obviously last year, Nottingham Forest were so close to getting that promotion and um, within the last 20 minutes, it all kind of went downhill. And I guess, what was that like being in the dressing room? And does, for those moments, kind of drive that team now, next season, this season, to kind of go forward? You know? um, yeah, it was it, it was massively disappointing for um, all of us at, at the football club, um, players, fans, staff. Uh, it, it was really disappointing the way the way last season finished. I think we did really well, um, probably up until lockdown, and then after that, our form sort of dipped. Um, we didn't manage to, to to finish the job, um, but disappointments like that could, can only drive drive a, a team. Uh, so. Of course, it's, it's it's tough not to look back on it, um, but it's important just to keep focusing on the future now. Uh, that's gone now and it's, it's part of the past, but we need to use that disappointment as, as hunger this season now to, to try and be successful. It was obviously tough to come so close, yet fall so far. What was the reaction like from uh, the owner who's obviously invested a lot of time and effort into the club? What were those conversations like after the game and, and, and into the off-season? It was just disappointment. Um, I think someone who's as successful as he is um, with two football clubs and in, in in other lines of business, I think he wants to be successful um, not just with us, but his other football club, Olympiacos, and of course his other businesses. So, um, of course, we, we spoke about many things. Um, there's been a few changes. Of course, we have a new manager now. Um, but as players, um, we just have to focus on, on on doing our jobs and hopefully do it better this season and, and be successful. Talking about a managerial change, that leads perfectly on to our next fan question. And we have a question from, and I'm not making this fan name up, we have a, we have a question from Magic Malcolm. He's in London and he was asking, how does Hutton's training methods differ from Lamucci's? Yeah, they're different. Uh, but I think every footballer would tell you that every manager has his own style and he has his own way of working. Um, it's hard to explain, of course, when you're just talking over a Zoom call or, or, or whatever it is, but they, they are different. Um, both very good managers. Um, uh, I think Chris Hutton's been, been successful in the past. Um, and I'm, I believe that this is why he's been brought to Forest to, to, to try and help us get promoted. Um, but yeah, it's, it's of course, it's, it's good to learn of someone new and um, hopefully we can be successful. And I actually have a second question from uh, Magic Malcolm. And uh, his second question goes like this. Looking at Forest squads last season, there were three broad cultural types of players. Portuguese or Iberian. British or those with ancestral links to Africa, albeit mainly French-African. As someone who was born in England but plays for Zimbabwe, that could uniquely put you in a place to build cultural bridges. Was that necessary and did you do that? I think any player who, who signs for the club, I, I try my best to help them. Of course, I've, I've lived in Nottingham all of my life, so... Um, anyone who comes over to to the football club, I try and try and help them get settled as quickly as possible, so they can focus on just playing football. Um, like you said, we we've got a lot of different uh, 
we have a lot of different nationalities in, in the dressing room um, from all across the world. So I think it's important that as a team, we all help each other to, to, to settle in. And if anyone's got a problem, then I'm, I'm hopefully one of the first that they can come and speak to about anything. Sounds like you're a real team man. As, as we round up the interview, um, um, Tendai, we don't, we don't have too many more questions after this, but you're obviously in a position now where you're having to work your way back into that, that Forest team. What do you think your, your path to getting in would be? Um, have you spoken to Chris about that? Or have you mapped something out in your mind of what you need to do to win back uh, your starting position? For me, I think I've I've gone through the whole rehab phase. Um, I've proved my fitness. Um, I've been training for for a good few months now, and I feel like I'm ready to to, to play first team football again. Um, of course, football is never simple. It's never just down to the player. Um, but I feel like I've done everything I can from a personal note to 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 prove I'm I'm ready to play again. So. Um, if called upon, I'm ready. Um, but as I say, some things are never simple in football. And if the manager decides to play someone else, then then so be it. I'll keep working hard to, every day in training to to prove that I'm I'm ready to play for the for the team. So um, yeah, I'm I'm ready to play. Uh, it's, of course, it's 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 not down to me to pick the team. So the manager picks the team. But if he picks me, um, I'll be ready. And uh, hope so. Yeah, hopefully he does. When we had Chris last time, he promised us a free tickets to his first game back. I don't know if you remember that, Zane. So oh, I do. I we'll do. Be using that, and, and we'll, we'll hopefully see you there. Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully this. Um, like I said, hopefully this pan- pandemic can can um, clear away uh, across the world, and hopefully we can go back to normal as, as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Well, Tendai, thank you very much for joining us on the show. It was a real pleasure uh, to get to know you, to get to know your links to Zimbabwe. And to see that you're back and you're hopefully going to be on track very, very, very soon. Um, For those of you listening out there, please do get in touch. Leave a rating and a review. It helps people find the show. Um, Hit us up on the Twitters, on the Facebooks, on the Instagrams. We love to hear from you. Tendai, once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. No worries. All the best.